0: Welcome to the Free Retiree Show. My name is Lee Michael Murphy. I've been in wealth management for the last 10 years right in the heart of Silicon Valley. People have always asked me, how do I achieve financial independence? And while the financial world wants you to believe it's as simple as investing your money, I'm here to tell you it's a small piece of the puzzle. I've seen four consistent factors in the people that have achieved financial independence. One, they excel in their career. Two, they manage their money properly. Three, they're able to avoid devastating financial mistakes. They can see through the BS. And lastly, they understand they need to learn from the best, the people that have achieved success in their career and their finances. Join us on our journey as we learn how to become free retirees. Welcome in to another episode of the Free Retiree Show. I'm your host, wealth manager, Lee Michael Murphy. I'm alongside career advisor, Sergio Patterson. What is up, everyone? And we're also alongside Silicon Valley's favorite attorney, Matt McElroy. What's going on? All right, so for today's episode, we're talking about the election. There's a big one coming up. Everyone's talking about it. People on the left, people on the right, they all got their opinions. So for today's episode, what we're going to be talking about is whichever candidate gets elected, what impact will it have on the economy? And what we're going to be doing is we're going to be looking at historical data and seeing, does one party have, a, have an impact that's different on the economy? Is one party going to wreck the economy while one will make it thrive? Those are questions that I think a lot of people are asking right now. There's a lot of this on the news, a lot of noise right now. So we're going to look at that in a little more depth. We'll also be talking about what sectors... Of the economy will be impacted based off if Trump wins or Biden wins, right? They have different viewpoints. And one gets elected, it's going to be great for one sector, and it might be devastating to the other sector. So we'll take a look at that. And then at the end, we'll look at the historical data of what presidents in general have had on the stock market. If it's Republican or Democrat, what do the numbers tell us? I think that's A lot of people are saying, if you you listen to Fox News, you're thinking, oh, if Biden wins, it's going to be terrible. And if you're on CNN or MSNBC, you're thinking, oh, if Trump keeps going, he's going to run us into the ground. So,
1: Well, I mean, he's already run us into the ground.
0: (laughs) And we're going to try to do this with a neutral stance. Oh, okay. Or as neutral as possible.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Why do we have to be neutral? Because we're supposed to be neutral. (laughs)
0: got it. That might shine through, but we're going to do our best. So, guys, I got to ask you to start the show. If you guys were running for president, what would you do for the people? And you can't copy anything that Biden's talking about, anything that Trump's talking about. What would you guys do as the commander in chief? So I'll start with a uh, surge. What would you do for the
1: people? Great, great question, Lee. Way better than the Disney one <laughs> from our earlier episodes. <laughs> so I, I would do two things. First, I think as a country, we spend way too much money on military. So I'm looking online right now and it says in 2020 and 2021, the spend it, they're going to spend $934 billion on military. So I'm going to cut that in half for the people. And all that money is going to go back to anybody who makes under $250,000. Oh, candidate Sergio, strong, strong, strong. Second part, for my people, we're getting reparations. Oh. All, <laughs> <laughs> all right, that's your candidate,
0: Sergio Patterson, ladies and gentlemen. And Matt McElroy, what would you do if you were the commander in chief of the people?
2: It's a hard question, right? Like, how can you really pinpoint, like, one thing that you do that would make a big impact? There's so, I mean, there's so many things going on right now. I think that probably one of the best things that any of these candidates could do is just be straight up and answer the questions. I mean, like if you guys watch the debates or anything going on, I mean, h- how hard are they dodging questions? I mean, both sides, you know what I mean? One yeah. side's not too much better than the other, but it's, it's just kind of crazy. It's like, dude, are, are we dumb? Give us a straight answer. When you get asked a question about something and then you go off on a tangent about something else, it's like that, that shows weakness to me. It's like, take it straight on. Hundred percent,
0: Matt McElroy. Would you stop dodging our question and tell us wh- what you would do for the people?
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Is that is that a question dodge right there? Did I dodge a question with it? <laughs> no, I think you just. I, I think that the a fault that happens in politics is it's like everybody's just trying to. If there's so much fakeness and. It's just there, there's got to be more straight up because it's like there's real problems right now. And, and I think now more than ever, we're confronted with some really re- unique problems. And I think that transparency is needed just to bring people like a little calmness in this crazy time.
0: Too. No, I agree. I would say, yeah. Matt, you would be a great moderator for these <laughs> debates. But yeah, I, I think Mr. McElroy doesn't have an actual plan for the people. <laughs> um, I will tell you my plan and I hope I get your vote. I would... I would run my campaign on stopping all telemarketing calls. <laughs> I, would, I would say, if you vote for me, you will get no more telemarketing calls. No people will call you telling you you want to cruise or vacation or try to scam you to get into your computer. I would send all telemarketers to a deserted island. That, that that's UFC a,
1: island and make them fight. I,
0: <laughs> I would send them to the UFC <laughs> island and make them all fight each other. So that's my, uh, so. That's my campaign right there.
1: I think I think I'm winning. I mean, uh, I think I'm winning.
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah, Sergio had probably the best answer, but I, I think uh, I want to know how Lee's uh, plan benefits people.
0: Telemarketers are annoying. They're so annoying. How many calls do you get a day?
2: Where do we save money? And it sounds like you're eliminating jobs. <laughs> oh. I don't know where. where, 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 where where's the telemarketers'
1: benefit? lives matter? Lee. Let me let me let me tell <laughs> the people.
0: Time is your most valuable asset. These telemarketers are wasting your
2: time. Vote for me. But 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 aren't you aren't you voluntarily giving them your time by answering the phone? I don't know who they are, Matt. Oh my my Apple <laughs> phone tells me when a telemarketer calls most of the
0: no, time. No, they're just random numbers.
2: I, I, <laughs> Sometimes. Have
0: no, I don't call because I want to talk to these telemarketers. No, no way. All right. I think I all right. You guys can uh figure out who's got the best plan, but uh that's what we'll be talking about today. Uh, <laughs> we're gonna go to a quick break. If you have any questions, financial related, career related, legal related, make sure you send them to ask at thefreeretiree.com. We're going to take our quick break. But when we're back, we'll be talking about the impact of the election. What is it going to do for you? What do you need to know? Stay tuned. Welcome back into the Free Retiree Show. We're talking about the election. What impact is it going to have? So, guys, I know you guys have a lot of strong opinions on here. We're going to try to remain neutral. What do you guys think about the economy and the two candidates? Just give me your thoughts.
1: I mean, I'm still not agreeing with the the premise of us having to remain neutral, but (laughs) (laughs) Matt, you go ahead.
2: (laughs) All right, right, yeah, I'll take it. I think. Things are going to be kind of jacked up, no matter who takes it. You know what I mean? It's like there's been a certain amount of damage that's already been done with how things have been handled, just on s- several different levels, not just the pandemic. And I think whoever ends up getting it is going to have a big, big, a big task in front of them. It's not going to be easy. It's I think I think the economy is going to probably suck for a little while, and we're going to have to recover.
1: Okay. And Serge, what do you think? Yeah, I, th- I think. I actually do think, I, I don't, I'm not pumped about either candidate, definitely not pumped about Trump and not that pumped about Biden. But I think if Biden gets elected, I think it'll bring some sort of stability to America. Like just like Biden might just be silent for four years but like that's probably better than being loud. So I think it could give us some like more credibility, stability and better relationships with our allies. Which I think the trickle down effect could impact our economy. I think it could just smooth things over a little bit. Yeah.
2: Okay. Hey, when you guys were watching, I don't know if you guys watched the debate or not. Did you guys watch the vice president debate?
1: Oh, yeah. I I did. Kamala Beast did.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I was going to say, like, I was, I've never, like, paid that much attention to her, but I was really surprised. I was like, dude, she should be the one running for president. She's, she's good.
0: (laughs) I was more excited about the fly. The fly.
2: Yeah, you're, I, you're voting for the fly. It's a tough call for you between Pence and the fly, right?
0: <laughs> so let's talk about the candidates and the main things that we can expect if they get elected and what they're representing. So let's start with Trump. Trump, we've had roughly four years of him. And the thing that he's going to be pushing is tax cuts and deregulation. Those are, those are his Main things. There's a lot of other things there, but I think if we want to like simplify what we're looking at: tax cuts and deregulation.
2: Well, don't forget white supremacy.
1: <laughs> You're supposed to remain neutral. How many pillars do we have on this show, Lee?
2: <laughs> if you watch the debate, I mean, it was pretty clear he wouldn't.
1: <laughs>
2: all was, right, uh, he, he... he had his chance and he didn't take it to dismiss all that stuff. So, <laughs> yes, yeah, so I won't get into that. But stand back and stand by it. <laughs>
1: Yeah, we're like, refrain we're- your question. I think Lee, you need to say like spe- we're talking specifically about his uh, financial plan, just the financial plan. We're, we're talking
0: about the financial plan. And uh, if we look at it from a high level, Trump is about the tax cuts and deregulation. We look at Biden. His plan is to raise taxes on the higher earners. And he would like to restore relationships with his allies or the United States previous allies. So that's kind of at a high level what they represent. So let's talk about what happens and who wins if Trump gets reelected. So first off, if Trump gets reelected, it's going to be a big win for energy companies. Because if Biden gets in and the Democrats change things, what's going to happen is they're going to make tougher rules for climate change. And they're going to make sure that these companies have stricter penalties for things involving the environment. And it would also probably increase their cost of doing business. So if Trump
1: wins, big thing for the energy companies. Wait, so you're saying the environment will be better long term if Biden wins? Is that what I'm hearing?
0: I am not saying that. All I'm saying is, I you guys make it really tough to be neutral, but- <laughs> <laughs>
2: I'm yeah, Lee, Do you believe in climate change? I'm just wondering.
1: <laughs>
0: I do believe in climate change.
1: <laughs> this is—I I don't think climate change is like a, is a neutral or right or left thing. I think it's a real thing. Yes, It's I, a human thing. I'll—I'll I'll agree with you. I don't on think that. it's a right or left thing.
0: Yeah, that's not a right or left thing. That's just science, and uh, that's not to get too political. But, but I digress. Yeah. Go ahead, Lee. Yeah. So the other—the <laughs> other sector, financials. Financials would also be the sector that gets in impact in a positive way. There's an argument that you can make that no sector got more positive impact from Trump than financials because of deregulation and tax cuts. So that really helped a lot of the financial companies. So those are the big wins if Trump gets in. Now, let's talk about who loses the environment. The environment is a big loss because, you know, obviously Trump is pushing for things that a lot of scientists say might cause pollution. I'm not on any side of the fence on this. I'm just going to say that that's what it is. Okay. Also, Biden wants to get back in the Paris Agreement and reduce emissions. So basically, if Trump gets in, I think you could say that environment would be negatively impacted. I think it's fair enough to say he's pro- pipelines, pro offshore drilling, all those things. And certain people have certain stances on it. They say that maybe it's not that, not, not that damaging. Some people would say it's very damaging. And I would say that I'm a believer of what's in the middle. And uh, I think there's some truth that that there would at least be some damage to the environment. Trade. China has really taken a hit from the trade war. A lot of international countries have taken a hit from this whole trade war. Trump's put tariffs ranging from 7.5 to 25%. And he's cut ties with a lot of countries because he wants to be US first. So, who loses? International countries, trade. I think they would suffer. I have any questions on that?
2: Yeah. Do you think, I mean, just what are your like feelings on that approach in general? I mean, he's pretty much isolating the US, right?
0: I think in a lot of ways he's definitely pro U.S. wants everything to be made in the U.S.
2: But you know, being pro U.S. And, and is isolation really the the best course for being pro U.S.? Like, does that really benefit us to isolate us from all these countries that we had good relationships with?
0: I personally don't think so. I think it's the answer is like I said before, a little bit in the middle. I think that there's some trade deals that need to be restructured. We can't be too reliant on imports, but I, I don't think it's bad to be have positive trade agreements with these other countries. I think it's positive for all that are involved. That's my, that's my personal opinion.
2: Yeah. I just feel, I feel like that what he's doing, like a lot of these, these isolation things that he's doing and like these tax cuts and the way he's treating the corporate, all the corporate stuff. It's like, it, I feel like it's causing a bigger gap between the rich and the poor. It's, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? It's just widening that gap, which it's, it's good for the rich people. Right. But it's, it's causing this problem that that's going to come back and, and tank our economy, I think, or, yeah. or create like this, this messed up situation. You know what I mean? It's like, look at people like, you know, me and Sergio right now, like, I mean, even, even though the economy, I mean, economy is somewhat okay right now, but basically I feel like a lot of the tactics he's, he's using are isolating and it's damaging the economy because it's creating this bigger gap between the rich and the poor. What Trump's doing is, by isolating all these countries and, and giving these tax cuts to the big corporations and, and, you know, just giving them this kind of preferential treatment, it, it really creates this bigger gap between the rich and the poor that I think is going to end up having a bad effect on the economy. It's, I mean, it really is. And, and it's like people like me and Sergio, and most of us out there, the younger crowd, we, we want to buy a house. We want to, we want to do all these things. Is that even going to be something we can do in this area? You know what I mean? If that, if that gap keeps widening, I don't think it helps us to do those the things he's doing the average joe. I think the things that he's doing help the rich people and people big corporations and things like that, but I think average joes and average families aren't going to be helped by what he's
0: doing. Yeah, and I totally hear that, Matt. I think the argument from the other side would be that too many companies were leaving the US prior because of the corporate tax rates, and now that he's changed them, companies are coming back, which would lead to other jobs. That's the argument for the other side. Not saying I agree with one or the other, but that's the other side's opinion.
2: Yeah, it'd be interesting to see like how many jobs and stuff are actually like see the actual numbers, right? Like to see the the end effect. Because I I get what you're saying there, and that is a bad thing if they're leaving to other countries and they're taking good jobs with them and all that stuff. But it would be interesting to see exactly how many jobs. And and also too with the way things are going from the COVID and everything, everybody's working at home. You don't need to go to the office anymore. You can you can work anywhere in the world for your your company and so that that might have an effect too on where corporations decide to yeah
1: i'd be like i'm like kind of in the middle in terms of because i I still don't think i think most jobs and especially specifically manufacturing a lot of the hardware products that come out of silicon valley they're made they're not made in america so like this whole notion that the right is like u.s first but then making tax cuts for corporations who are overseas like what companies can grow paying salaries in America? Let's just be real. Like yeah. you can't scale and pay someone 50 grand a year or 60 yeah. grand, you know, like, so I think we need as a, as a country, we need to figure that out,
2: mm-hmm. but let's,
1: let's, I think we need to be realistic. Also, like, I don't agree that Trump is pro U.S. I think he, maybe that's a good slogan, but most of his products in his own online store are made outside of the U S mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Okay. So like, I, so, I think we just need to be realistic about this whole idea of manufacturing outside of the U.S.
0: Okay. And then let's go to if Biden wins, right? So if Biden wins, there's going to be a large infrastructure package that's probably going to help boost highways, transit, rail, water, green energy, broadband spending. So infrastructure will be in a good place. Also, you might look at marijuana legalization.
2: You mean mean on a federal level? On a federal level.
0: Yeah, potentially on a federal level. If they sweep, they're going to push for marijuana decriminalization.
2: Well, think about how smart that is to get more revenue. I mean, God, how much are they going to tax that where they could just make a ton of money?
0: Yeah, and what the big challenge is with that industry is the banks can't really touch that money. It's tough for them to hold anything that has to do with those companies. And going on to the environment. So if Biden wins, he's obviously going to be more strict on climate change, and he has a plan to spend $2 trillion on wind and solar. So the environment would probably be positively impacted. And then this is going to be an odd one for you guys, but gun companies. Gun companies would probably be positively impacted because, and this is kind of a counterintuitive thinking. A lot of people think that when there's a lot of regulations that go to firearms and firearm sales that would negatively impact the gun companies. That's actually not what happens. What happens in this weird and wacky world is the Dems will push that sort of this regulation on firearms and then all these all these hicks run to the gun store and buy up tons of firearms. And uh, it's one of those weird and wacky things, but they would probably positively positively be impacted from a Biden win. And also emerging markets and international companies, as we talked before, trade war has not fared well on the emerging markets and international uh, sectors. Biden wins, that would probably change. And it would probably make it easier for them to do business with the US, which would help their profits. So those are the winners. Any thoughts on that, guys?
2: I'm curious as to Let's just say, like, what do you think the best case scenario for the economy is? Who, who if you were to pick a winner, not, not your own personal pick or anything, we'll stay away from that, right? But, but just for respect, looking at singly for the economy, that sole purpose of just the economy.
0: Singly for the economy. I honestly don't have a strong opinion on, on
2: that. Do you think generally it's going to be going up no matter who gets it? Or do you think it's going to go down?
0: I generally believe in cycles. I'm a firm believer in business cycles and they can be slowed down. They can go a little bit faster, but at the end of the day, I, to me, I don't really have a strong feeling about who's going to be better for the economy at this point in time.
2: But don't, don't you feel like COVID is disrupting those cycles?
0: Yeah, it's, it's fair. It's fair enough to say, but it's, it's really also tough to say who's would have the better plan if we saw what happened when we locked down everything. The market tanked. Everything was tanking. A lot of business owners were upset. But then also, like if you don't, you don't get this thing under control, businesses and restaurants are having to shut down at sporadic times. So it's really tough to say who's got the right answer. To be honest with you, I I, I can't. I don't know that.
1: Yeah, I don't think either side has really laid out. Either side has laid out a like a concrete, detailed COVID plan. I feel like they just dodged the question. Yeah.
0: Yeah. It's tough. It's tough. And uh, we haven't dealt with anything like this before. So yeah, there's a lot of question marks and it's uncharted territory, but ultimately I don't have that strong opinion on.
1: You brought up marijuana, right. And the decriminalization of that. I think that's like a bigger issue than what we realize. Like um, how many people are in prison right now for weed crimes? Oh yeah. I mean like just, there's just the thought of getting them out and then to Matt's point, the amount of money they can make in tax revenue. Exactly. Yeah. Strong points. I I I think that's like a I know that's like a political topic, but I think it the right should want
2: that to happen. I feel like. Well, it's just so much money they could tap into with that. Yeah. Yeah. Crazy.
0: So let's talk about who loses if Biden wins. First off, high income earners—they're going to lose. If you're making over four hundred thousand, the brackets change. so. It go from 37% up to 396 There's also da- data that's coming out that says the tax income under Biden for the top 1%, their income would drop roughly 17%. So poor, poor rich people, stinks for them. So anyone over 400K, so that's a 2% hike. They're saying with all the tax changes that he's doing, everything, like it's deeper than just the ordinary income, right? And that's where I feel... Biden is being truthful, but also he's also kind of dodging the question when he gets when he gets asked if he's going to raise taxes, the ordinary income tax rates. Yeah, he's not. He's really not going to make too much of a change, but he has other plans to change potentially 401ks and capital gains rates and that's and estate planning. Those are the thing that's how he's doing it. So from the surface when people look at it they look at just the ordinary income. Yeah, he's not people that are below 400,000 in income. It's not it doesn't really change that much, but it's the other things outside of that is where he's going to get the tax money. So corporations, right? Right now he the, he wants to raise the tax rates up to 28%. They're currently at 21. Under Obama they were at 35. So he's not even raising them back up to the level of when Obama was in office. But I I think there's a strong argument you could take that that these large companies have way too generous a tax rate. I'm not even trying to be political about it. It, I think these are just facts, (laughs) to be honest. But yeah, so from 21 up to 28.
1: That's if Biden wins, they'll up the corporate tax rate.
0: Yes, he would be upping the corporate tax rate. Got it. So, and then I think the other, the other people that would lose is, I would say this would be kind of just from businesses to regular people where we would lose would probably be on oil and gas with more regulation. The cost of that just goes up, right? It's great to care about your environment. So I'm not dismissing that, but the truth be told, it would be very tough to keep the prices low when you're when you're adding that much regulation because it's a higher cost for companies we're going to pay the brunt of that no matter what story he wants to tell prices will go up that's prices will most likely rise under those situations everyone just needs to get an electric car anyways (laughs) yes mr patterson's a fancy man he's a he's a tesla
1: owner i'm a proud proud tesla owner How did you get your tesla
2: how long did did, you it?
1: I've had it since January. I'll send you send you some pics. But uh, it's worth it. Oh, you've it? had it since
2: January. Whoa! I didn't know you had it that long. Yeah, yeah, I got it. I remember January. talking about it with you. I didn't know you actually got it because we don't we don't actually record in person anymore, so I can't I think. Yeah, 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 I ordered
1: it. It took um, it took about almost two months to get it. But we'll never buy a regular like a we'll never buy a gas gasoline powered car again. It'll be Tesla only.
2: It's that it's that great.
1: Oh, it's amazing! I could do a show on it. I could talk two hours. Wow, on it. it's amazing. All right. We'll,
0: we'll save your Tesla talk for another time. And then we're going to go to the the close of today's discussion. Do parties have direct impact on the economy and what is the data behind that? Right. You're, we're hearing these mixed stories, right? If you listen to Fox news, they're telling you one thing. If you listen to CNN, MSNBC, they're telling you another thing. They're saying that that person gets elected. Everything is going to go to hell in a handbasket. And What's the data behind that? Is there any truth to that? And from what I can see, and what I've researched from firms that do academic-based studies, and they research this, and they really look at all the different factors, there is no real correlation between one party and the other party to economic success. There's it is a it's a thing like it's out there in the media. they're, They're they have their agendas. But really, there is no concrete data that supports one party over the other. You can say that if you look at the stock market, who is it performed better under? This is from 1952 through June 2020. Democrats have roughly had a stock market return of 10.6, while Republicans at 4.8. So significant better stock market under the Democrats, but it's really tough to tell cause and effect because there's thousands of different factors that play into this and there's nothing concrete when we look at the research that's behind there that can they can strongly say like, yes, this party helps the economy better than the other one. And the economies under Obama and Clinton, they were phenomenal. The markets did great, but there's a lot of Republicans also that it was great under. Didn't do so well under Bush and Nixon, but every other one, the market did rather well. And this is just a quote from the research firm that I, I tend to get a lot of my data from. Dimensional fund advisors. They're neutral and they use financial science and, and academic data. The anticipation building up to the election often brings questions with it about financial markets and how they will respond But the outcome of an election is only one of many inputs to the market. Our interactive exhibit examines market and economic data for nearly 100 years of U.S. presidential terms and shows a consistent upward march for U.S. equities, regardless of administration in place. This is an important lesson on the benefits of long-term investment approach. So there you have it. You're going to hear a lot of stuff on the news and people are going to they're going to play the story about like why this person is going to be better or the other person is going to be devastating. And I would just say that don't, don't play too much into that. There, I think there's some truth that short-term volatility can be impacted by who's in office. But the long-term, there's very little data there that supports any
1: one way is right. Yeah. I'd argue that like right now, most people economy is at the bottom of the list of the priorities of what they're voting for or against for this for this election which is kind of crazy right there's so many other issues that they're just like the economy is like here and all the other things are like this is why i'm voting for this person
2: yeah that makes sense yeah Yeah, it's like a messed up priorities kind of
1: which is crazy
2: yeah
0: i think the economy is always important to look at, you know, during election. But I think this election, there's going to be a lot of other things that people are looking at, right? Yeah, it's you're just living in weird times and a lot of stuffs going on. So I think that the economy is just one thing, but I think there's a people have a lot of other things on their mind at this point in time.
2: That, that's I was gonna kind of piggyback on that. I feel like I feel like it's different now. I feel I feel like the the, the kind of I guess like style that Trump has brought to the presidency, how he's conducted himself in it. I feel like it's kind of changed the landscape of things a little bit. And, and it's going to be interesting to say, like, just, you know, hypothetically, if Biden wins, like, is he going to kind of restore that image of the presidency back to what it was? And it's just like, it's a, there's just a lot of it's just different, right? I mean, it, whether you love or hate Trump, I mean, his his style is just completely different than anything we've ever seen. Yeah, it's in unique. the White House.
0: Yeah, some people love it, some people hate it.
2: Well, and don't you think he's kind of? I feel like he's kind of created something different, right? Like the, the supporters that are diehard Trump people and all that stuff. I feel like they're they they were probably always existed and whatnot, but that's that kind of person. becoming more outspoken willing to share their what i don't know what you want to call it ultra conservative views or whatever and (laughs) and, and it's just but the thing the thing that's kind of sad about it is it's kind of like allowed things like racism and other things to kind of seep into society and and it's and it's kind of messed up and i'm just wondering like how is how how is say say trump is out hypothetically gets out of office and biden goes in what's going to happen to that? that group of people are they going to kind of go back into their shells or are they going to still kind (laughs) of hang out you know what I mean like yeah yeah, they're trailer (laughs) parks
0: yeah I would would say this on the other side of it I think you're right but I think there's a lot of other people that don't fit into that mold right I think there's a lot of people that aren't in that radical space that they they believe what they believe and it has nothing to do with you know racism or anything like that I think that they just fundamentally believe that he can manage it better. And that's just, the yeah. other, that's, that's the other part of it. Right. I think uh, both sides, like they're trying to paint this picture that the left is too radical the right is too radical. And I just think that for the most part, there's a lot of good people out there and they all just have their convictions and
1: there's, there's good people on both sides.
0: Is that what you're saying? I think there's an overwhelming majority of people on both sides that are good people, right. They just have their convictions
2: how does it make you feel when Trump says Kung flu and the China plague and things of that nature and the crowds are going crazy and did da, da, da? like that's offensive, right?
1: <laughs>
0: it has yes, to be. I, I, I would say, yes, it, it is offensive, but so here's the thing. Like a part of like my job, one of the benefits is I get to talk to like dozens of people and I get to hear their views and how they think. Right. And I'll say it's split down the middle, It's split down the middle, but The people on the on the right that are pro Trump, I would say none of the people that are my clients that are for him aren't any of the things that you're seeing on the news. That's why I'm saying like majority, I think, is really good people. That's why
2: I think because you have rich clients, right?
0: No, no. I mean, I I have (laughs) some that are well off, but then I have some that are regular folks. They just have their they just have their opinions, and I don't think it's I don't think we can just say that they're one type of people i think the media yeah. right now wants you to believe if you're listening to fox news that you're you're if you're left you're part of antifa if you're listening to cnn and msnbc the other side's a racist i, I just don't think that's accurate right that's that's my first i, personal I, I opinion. don't think
1: anybody everybody that's voting for trump isn't racist i think there's some people who just vote republican and that's just the way they vote and all the shit that trump's done just hasn't isn't a deal breaker for them. The way I look at it, racism isn't a deal breaker. If you vote for Trump, racism isn't a deal breaker for you. Um, Sexism isn't a deal breaker. You're still towing the party line and you're going to vote Republican.
0: Yes, and those are your opinions, Sergio. Those are your opinions.
1: I think it's fact.
0: (laughs) Racism is not a deal breaker if (laughs) you vote for Trump. (laughs) Well, we tried to bring you a very neutral stance today (laughs) for the Free Retiree Show. This one was a tough one, but hopefully you guys learned something hopefully you guys got some insight into you know the impact that the presidential election has on the economy and the different sectors that will be impacted so thank you for tuning in with us today love you guys (laughs) you've been listening to the free retiree show so long for now the opinions of attorney Matt Maguire do not reflect the opinions of Castaneda and company.